Welcome to this podcast series titled Devotional of a Psalmist. My name is Bridget Goodwin. I'm a pastor's wife, mother, songwriter, and worship leader. We currently live and work in London, England. Being a songwriter and worship leader, I have found great encouragement by reading the book of Psalms. And I hope you enjoy these precious gems that I have discovered in this book. I love God's Word, and by reading this and studying words interpreted using references, I would like to share these precious jewels with you. All scriptures are taken from the King James Version. I also use Strong's and Haley's Bible Handbook for references. For any more information, about our ministry and notes from this podcast, please visit hlonline.org. May the Lord bless you. Hello, welcome back to the devotional of a psalmist. I'd like to share with you today Psalms 12. In reading this chapter together today, I'd like to bring your attention to some different translations and also to a study that I prepared in regards to a silversmith and how that relates to our spiritual walk and how that relates to the purity of the words of our Jehovah. Let's get started. I'd like to read Psalms 12 first in the King James Version. This is to the chief musician upon Shimoneth, a psalm of David. Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth. For the faithful fell from among the children of men. They speak vanity, every one with his neighbor. With flattering lips and with a double heart do they speak. The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips, and the tongue that speaketh proud things. Who have said, with our tongue will we prevail? Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? For the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy, now will I rise, now will I arise, saith the Lord. I will set him in safety from him that puffeth at him. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. I'd like to reference now with Psalms 12 with the Strong's Concordance with the Hebrew interpretation inserted. To the chief musician to be eminent as a superintendent upon Shimoneth probably an eight-stringed lyre, a poem set to notes of David, loving the youngest son of Jesse. Avenge, defend, Jehovah, for the good man comes to an end. For the faithful, that is one to be permanent, morally to be true, fell, disappears, ceases from among the children of men. They speak falsely, every one with his associate, less or more close, with smoothness of speech, and with a double heart do they speak. The Jehovah 
shall destroy all flattering lips and the tongue that speaketh proud things. Who have said which is boast challenged? With our tongue will we act insolently, exceed, put to more strength, to be stronger. Our lips are our own. Who is sovereign? That is a controller. Who is sovereign over us? For the desolation, the wasting of the depressed in mind or circumstances, for the crying out, the groaning of the needy, those in the sense of want, especially in feeling, in destitute. Now will I arise, which means abide, help, lift up, saith, answer, avouch, charge, promise, saith the Lord, Jehovah. I will set to place, I will set him in safety, in liberty, deliverance, prosperity, from him that puffeth to scoff, to blow upon at him. The words, commandment the speech of the Lord Jehovah are pure, they're clean, they're fair words, as silver tried. Tried is to refine, melt, pure, purge away in a furnace, a crucible as working over the metal of earth purified to extract, to clarify. Seven times, thou shalt keep, guard, generally to protect, attend. Thou shalt keep them, O Jehovah. Thou shalt preserve to guard them from this generation forever. The wicked, the morally wrong, walk abroad, on, to and fro, up and down to places, on every side, to circuit, to compass, when the vilest, to be loose morally, men are exalted. Now, in reading with different commentaries, Matthew Henry's concise commentary heading for this Psalms 12 states, None among men durst he trust. Reference is also made, let us see what makes the times bad. They will tell you scarcity of money, decay of trade, the desolations of war. But the scripture lays the badness of times on the causes of another nature. Second Timothy 3, 1. Let's look at that. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. This is what perilous times are. This is what makes the times bad. It's the decay of the nature of man. When piety, piety means righteous by virtue, decays. This is when the times are really bad. Now we know none are righteous, no, not one, but Jesus Christ. But when we're living in Jesus Christ, when we're taking on his nature, we become righteous, not by ourselves, but because our nature is being changed into the nature of Christ. The Faith Study Bible, the Lexham English Bible, heads this psalm, Human Faithlessness and God's Faithfulness. The FSB continues with, The pious have ceased to be. The psalmist speaks for a community that feels alone and isolated. How many times do we feel like we're the only one serving God? 
Well, how many times in the Bible do we read accounts? What about those in the Bible that felt alone serving God? Saying, oh Lord, I'm the only one that's serving you. But yet you read where God tells Elijah, I have so many that haven't bowed. So there are others out there that are striving and working to serve God in this society. Then, today, and even tomorrow, we must remain faithful because God is faithful. It continues to say in the MHC, which is Matthew Henry's Concise Commentary, refers to verse 3 in Psalms 12. Though men are false, God is faithful. Though they are not to be trusted, God is. The preciousness of God's word is compared to silver refined to the highest degree. How many proofs have been given of its power and truth God will secure his chosen remnant, however bad the times are. What a powerful promise that we have, that no matter the decay that we're surrounded with in our life in this society, God has promised something to us. He has promised something to us that we can lay hold on, that God's word is faithful Men's words are false. They speak with smoothness of lips. Uh, They speak vanity. Vanity is nothingness. They're deceitful. But the nature that God wants us to have is His. We're to step away from the nature that is human and let God put His nature, what He wants His image in us to be, so others may see His image and not the image of the human. And this is the study I, I, I looked into of, of a silversmith. And, and, and I'm going to get into that in a little bit later. And how that relates to our life spiritually. And we've tried and we've tested God in his word. And he always comes through. He's always faithful. He stands by his word. And let's, let's move on here. Uh, FSB states, which is the Faith Study Bible, states that Yahweh's words, specifically his promise to act in verse 5, are trustworthy and reliable. Now going back to Psalms 12.5, it says right here, For now will I arise, saith the Lord, I will set him in safety from him that puffeth at him. Someone that would lay a snare. God is going to rise up and set us into a place of safety. And referencing back to what the strong said right there in verse 5. I really love how the oppression is described. It, It could be... Maybe you're being robbed of something, you have a desolation, you're wasting of the poor. And the poor can be not just a circumstance, but it can be those which I've reviewed in other Psalms, depressed in your mind. Some of us may have a circumstance that causes us to be uh, desolate in money. And then there are those who are poor, they're 
depressed. They're depressed in mind. They have issues dealing with them mentally. And the scripture continues on for the sighing, the crying out, the groaning of the needy. And the needy is the sense of want, especially in feeling and in, in destitute. How many of us have those moments of darkness and, and uh, depression? I deal with depression myself. And God has been so good to me, reminding me through his word. That's why I like to meditate on his word. In times of those depressions, uh, the scripture also states that that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. And when I keep my mind on the Lord and on the word of the Lord, in his, in his Bible, so many promises are there to remind us he'll never leave us. Another promise, he'll lift us up. Another promise, he'll encircle us. He'll compass us about with a hedge of covering. Um, he'll make my feet to dance because he will give me songs of deliverance in my darkest times. And these are promises that we can hold on to in those moments. And let's continue on reading here. And the Lord said, I will arise. And he's going to help. He's going to lift up. Not only that, but... He's abiding. He's going to abide right there with you. Now will I arise, saith the Lord. And when this word saith, that means he's going to promise. He has promised. I will set. He's going to place us in a place of safety where there's deliverance, where that now desolation, that wasting away will turn into prosperity. From him that is going to try to blow upon us with um, words to discourage us, the Lord will deliver. In the place of discouragement, we need to re realize, place that word discouragement to deliverance. Let's change our vocabulary. Let's not say that um, we are going to be discouraged. No. God's going to deliver. Replace discourage with deliver. He may not deliver you immediately because there's a reason. There's a reason for the situation. And that's where we're going to continue on here. Let me refer to my references. There's a reason why deliverance doesn't come maybe in the time frame we expect. Because God is doing something in our lives. Um... Let's, let's see, we will be tried, and, and we will be tried with fire, and when that fire comes in our life, it's going to prove what are we made of. Are we made of wood, hay, stubble? It will define if we're made of gold, silver, and precious stones. First uh, Peter 1.7 in the King James Version reads that the trial of your faith. Now, this could be this time of discouragement, a time where you feel the heat of the fire. Now, that's what we're going to talk about in this segment. We're going to talk about the fire. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. This fire 
is working a purpose in your life. And the wood, the hay, the stubble is going to be burned away. And that which is made of gold, silver, and precious stones is going to remain. Now this is where I like to talk about the refining of silver in relation to the trial of fire. Uh, recently I visited an antique shop in Bybury, England. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing Bybury correctly, but it's B-I-B-U-R-Y. It's probably Bibbury, England. And the dealer was explaining the marks of the silver stamps. One identifying that it's silver and another stamp that said where it was made and then another stamp of the year of manufacturing. So that made me want to research it a little bit further. And this is what I found. In order to interpret a hallmark, you use a reference book, Jackson Silver and Gold Marks for England, Scotland, and Ireland. So number one, you have a sterling mark, and an example would be a lion. And then that is telling you, when you see that stamp, that it's sterling silver. Okay. Number two is the town mark, and an example would be a leopard's head mark, which means that it was hallmarked in London, and the crown means the mark is pre-1821. Now, this is referring to a piece that was in the book. I'm just using these references. The date letter that is the reference to Jackson's silver and gold marks is necessary, and this mark is the letter N, which also coordinates the time frame of 1808 to 1809. Number four is the marker's mark initials, and this one example is TJ. Again, using the reference book, Thomas James was using this mark in this time frame listed above. And number five, you have a duty tax mark, and this just so happened to be the head of George III, depicting the exact time era that was listed as pre-1821. I was thinking of all the detail of these hallmarks on a piece of silver. And I thought it was interesting how it relates to our spiritual life, how Paul states in Galatians 6, verse 17, I bear the marks of the Lord Jesus. And I thought, is my life being hallmarked? with the markings of the master silversmith? Is, is, am I allowing the Lord to stamp his mark in my life? And our cry must be, try me, Lord, as the silver is tried. Prove me now. The Psalms 12, it, it was talking about how pure the Lord's words are. They've been tried seven times. And, and I was thinking how it relates to our life spiritually and how we need the Lord to try us and the impurities in our life. Lord, they will come to be known. And as I was studying into the silversmith and, and the impurities of the silver, the impurities come to the top for the master silversmith to clean away. And he has to watch carefully over the hottest spot of the fire this is where this silver is put. But 
for not one minute longer than what is necessary. Or the silver will be destroyed. And I was, I was thinking as I was, I was, I was studying this is that if the silver is destroyed, it can't be used. But God knows exactly when that trial in our life is enough. And he knows exactly when to deliver us, pull us out of the fire before we're destroyed. But something happens when we're in that fire. And there's, there's a process that's happening. The impurities being taken away. But when he can see his image reflected in the silver, he takes it out of the fire. So there's something that's happening in the middle of that hot fire. He sits there. He's waiting. He's watching because he doesn't want the silver destroyed. But he needs to see his own reflection. Hallelujah. Isn't that beautiful? So careful attention to the process. Just as our life, as in relating to it spiritually, we are constantly in his watch. He can't turn away from that fire a split second because it could get too hot and the silver's destroyed and it can't be used for him. So let the fire burn. He knows exactly how far to go. So when the fire comes in our life, it's going to show what we're made of. Wood, hay or stubble or gold, silver, and precious stones. Our foundation is Christ. And we are being built into Christ. And Christ is a rock. And the gates of hell will not prevail against us if we, as individuals that make up his church, are built on this rock. We must be tried individually. And everything that we discussed already about wood, hair, stubble will fall and be burned only that which is built on Christ will last. This trial by fire, will you survive like the silver in the master silversmith's hand? Or when the dust and smoke settles, it will prove whether or not you were built on that rock whose foundation and maker is God. So let the fire burn away those impurities. This phrase from a friend's song, Lord purify my heart, will never be the same to me. It has such a new meaning. This is a process of my salvation, of your salvation. All impurities seep throughout my life. When I'm in the fire, they start coming to the surface to be dealt with. And one by one, as we are in our own troubles and discouragements and trials and tribulations, each one of those impurities are coming to the surface. And God's dealing with it. He's going to clean it away until we're pure. Until my image, the image of Bridget, is no longer seen in that silver. But slowly the master is starting to see himself in me. And that's what I desire today. That's what I want you to desire. Is no longer it to be about us. About what I want. Well, I, I need this, I need that, or what about this? But it's rather, what does God want? I need to die. I need to allow the nature of Christ to come forward. I need to pick up the cross. 
Christ said, you must pick up your cross daily and follow after him. If I am to live, it's because my nature is dying and Christ is living. And that's what I want to encourage you today is to let the fire burn. Don't try to escape the fire. It's getting rid of that ungodly nature in your life. And you're being purified. Purify everything deep within our hearts, Lord. Malachi 3 verse 3 says, He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. Our Heavenly Father, this silversmith, is watching over your life. He's going to take special care to make sure you're not destroyed. I know many of you have probably read this um, refining silver. Uh, it's something I found on the internet, and I actually found two copies, and I uh, put them together, and I'd like to read this for you. I'm sure you've read it before, but in conclusion to this Psalms 12, I thought it would be beautiful to end with this. Some time ago, and this is, I'm, I'm reading what I copied. Some time ago, a few ladies met in a certain city to read the scriptures and make them the subject of conversation. While reading the third chapter of Malachi, they came upon a remarkable expression in the third verse. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. One lady's opinion was that this was intended to convey the view of the sanctifying influence of the grace of Christ. Then she proposed a visit, a silversmith, visit a silversmith and report to them what he said on the subject. She went accordingly and without telling the object of her errand, begged to know the process of refining silver, which he fully described to her. But, sir, she said, do you sit while the work of refining is going on? Oh, yes, madam, replied the silversmith. He explained that in refining silver, one needed to hold the silver in the middle of the fire, where the flames were the hottest, as to burn away all the impurities. The woman thought about God holding us in such a hot spot, then at once saw the beauty and comfort, too, of the expression he sits as a refiner and purifier of silver. Christ sees it's needful to put his children into a furnace. His eye is steadily intent on the work of purifying, and his wisdom and love are both engaged in the best manner for them. Their trials do not come at random. The very hairs of your head are all numbered. She asked the silversmith if it was true that he had to sit there in front of the fire the whole time the silver was being refined. I must sit with my eye steadily fixed on the furnace, for if the time necessary for refining be exceeded in the slightest degree, the silver will be injured. As the lady was leaving the shop, the silversmith called her back and said he had forgotten to mention that the only way that he knows when the process of purifying the silver is complete, when he sees his own image reflected in the silver. Now this is the note that was attached to the end of this copy. I verified that the information in the story was true. I contacted a silversmith at www.silversmithing.com and asked if there were any untruths in the silversmithing parts. I received the following response from Fred Zweig. 
I am familiar with the verse from Malachi. The similarities of actual refining and the chapter and verse from the Bible are accurate. It is important not to overheat the silver when refined in this process, and clean molten silver will shine with a mirror-like quality when it is ready to pour. The high temperatures do volatize the impurities and form on the surface as dross. It is important to be attentive to the molten metal as it does. It's no good to overheat it. It may not destroy the silver, but silver has an affinity for absorbing oxygen and this can make it unworkable. And this was a copy that I came off the internet and it said that the author was unknown. But I thought it was interesting that the silver can be unworkable. It's of no use. To me, that's, that's being destroyed. And we must let God work in our life. He knows exactly the moment where our destruction would be present. And He is not going to let that happen. There's some beautiful scriptures referring to refining fire. And one I'd like to read, When he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. That was from Job 23, verse 10. And also there's other scriptures that I have listed here, which would take quite a bit of time to read. And if you would like to have a copy of this, um, if you would listen till the end of the end of this podcast, I will give you the website where you can log on and get this copy of Psalms 12, my transcript, which you can refer to the scriptures of the refining fire. Right now, I'll just list where they're from. Zechariah 13, verse 9, Job 23, verse 10, Malachi 3, verse 2, Zechariah 13, verse 9, Daniel 11, 35, Psalm 66, 9 through 12. And in closing, I'd like to get to that scripture in 1 Peter 1, verses 5 through 9. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith be much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Hallelujah. We are being kept by his power through faith. God is going to save us. He's going to keep us into the very end. And you know what's going to be revealed is the image of Christ in our life. We will rejoice. We can rejoice right now. Though we're suffering, remember, it's just for a season. Even if you have heaviness of heart, the trial of your faith is so precious. Let that fire burn, and one day, one day, 
we are going to be found into praise and honor and glory at the appearing of our Jesus Christ. So let that fire burn. Let it create the image and nature of Jesus Christ. So today, let's pray that if you feel the heat of the fire, take courage. He's watching you closely. He won't let you be destroyed. Lord, would you touch the listeners today? The fire that's burning away the impurities, the ungodly nature, so that your image can be seen, that we can learn to die daily, to take up our cross, whatever that cross is, help us to take that instrument of death and allow you to become number one in our life. Lord, it's a trial of faith. It is a trial of faith. Our salvation is in your hand. Lord, we pray that you increase our strength, that you would increase our faith. Give us, Father, the encouragement through your word and through your spirit and through your presence and help us to rely on you. Help us to trust in the promises that you've given to us. You said you would abide with us. You said you would rise up and you would put aside anything or everything that is working against us and that which is wasting away in our life the times of desolation, the times of oppression, the times in our life where we feel poor, that you will restore. You'll restore us and bring us into a prosperous place. Keep us in your hand. Keep us continually. Burn away. Cleanse us. Purify our hearts. And we know that you will not allow that fire for one second to overheat and destroy us. But you know exactly when to pull us out of the fire. We pray that you will give us the strength and help us not to be wary in well-doing, but to carry on until our discouragement will turn into deliverance. We ask this in your most precious name, Jesus, and our God, Jehovah. Amen. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast. The views expressed are my own personal discoveries. I pray that you have been edified. All music used during this podcast are either my own compositions or my arrangements of public domain music. The song for this podcast today is Mold Me Into Your Image. For inquiries on how to purchase this, please visit our website, hlonline.org. Also, if you have any prayer requests or comments, please feel free to go to hlonline.org and email me. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.